Listen to Chalks and Dogs, June 30th, we are in studio with Dave. What's up, Dave? What's up, dude? We have two, two shows in a row, too. I know, this guy, you okay? You like us that much? I must smell good. Sammy Menascoco is in studio again. Sam, what's going on? How we doing, guys? Good. good. Welcome to the show, man. Looking forward to it. So let's get into it right away, right? Let's get yeah, some... well, well, first, I, I want to just throw a couple things out real quick. We... we uh, we made a schedule change to our show to make it easier for you guys uh, that are listening and for for all of our, our friends and stuff. Uh, we're going to record every other Tuesday. So tonight's the 30th. We'll be back in two weeks. The show will post on Wednesday on iTunes, or if uh, you listen online, you'll be able to listen to it late Tuesday night. Uh, so there's that. Um, so now, now you can listen to your other podcasts and uh, make some room for us on every other Wednesday. Also, look for a live show coming to a bar near you or an event maybe a third show a month um we're gonna try to keep it to two but if we do maybe a you know a live remote from somewhere um well let's let's tell everybody july 25th july 25th we'll be at scores scores our new sponsor well not really new because we've been talking about for a couple weeks but now they're now they're all in we we roped them in they're all in. So we'll be there July 25th, starting at 5 p.m., all right? Sammy Maniscalco will be there live. Shea Pepler will be there live. Oh, is that confirmed? That is confirmed. Shea's going to be on the show tonight. we got to get her to, to, to say it so we have it on record. Yes. Right? Because yeah. that way it can't be like an email, like, oh, I can't make it, guys. Sorry. And uh, we'll, have, we'll announce a couple more. Um, we're working on those. And like I said, Scores Club, you're looking at 6764 West Forest Reserve Drive, Harwood Heights. Um, great place. Watch UFC. So we're going to be there at 5 o'clock live. We're going to do, you know, just to have a great show, talk everything sports. We'll get you the details. It'll yeah. be on Facebook. Watch your social media. We'll get it out to you. Don't worry about it. We'll get you all the details, all the fun stuff, some surprises, maybe some giveaways. We'll check it out. Um, but Sam... I got to ask you, dude, this has been a while. This is how long it's been since the last time we've done a show. Yeah. It's only been a few weeks, but we have an NBA champion. We have an NHL champion. Yeah. Um, And Sammy's our basketball guy. Uh, LeBron couldn't get it done. I don't think anybody was surprised, but what are your thoughts, man? After after the series is now over, what do you think? I thought it was very entertaining. Um, I think the biggest thing with, with that series was the storylines that came about of, of it with the, all the injuries and um, – Obviously, Steph Curry and Iguodala MVP and LeBron doing this, LeBron doing that, what he could do, what he couldn't do, you know, how much load could he carry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it was a very entertaining finals. I mean, the best team, I think every year the best team in the NBA wins the championship, and it, and it showed through. You know, the Warriors were clearly the better team. Um, they played like the better team. They were consistent. Um, in those first few games, too, you saw Cleveland, um, you know, LeBron kind of controlled the tempo and whatnot. But once once the Warriors kind of got their feet under him and their role players settled in, you know, a la Draymond Green, Iguodala, um, you know, I, th- I think their talent uh, and their team cohesiveness kind of showed through. And they just wore, wore the Cavs down, especially, um, you know, Kerr making that switch with Iguodala in the starting lineup, I think, kind of changed the series and getting Bogut out of there. Um really turn the series in Warriors' favor because of their athleticism and, and being able to get out of transition. What, what do you think uh, – do, do you think LeBron 
felt good. I mean, what what more could the guy have done? He has to walk away with his head high, right, guys? Yeah. No. He, yeah. He did it all. He was by himself. Right. Sammy said it. I, I. I. mean, if you look at the end of that series, you could just tell he was. I was texting with Sammy, and he didn't look. The one game. What game was that? The last game. I thought. You know. I thought he did. Obviously, did everything he could. I mean, his numbers were obviously through the roof, but. I mean, in, in game six there in Cleveland, I thought he kind of cashed it in, to be honest. And he's got that gene a little bit. If you look at LeBron's history, you know, you look at his first stint with the Cavs with that Boston game, you know, walking off the floor. And um, you look at game five in last year's finals with the Spurs, you know, it's it's almost like when he senses, you know, defeat, he kind of gives in a little bit. Um, I don't want to use the word quit because I don't think he quits, you know. But I do think he kind of lets his foot off the gas pedal and – Turns into kind of like, if you saw in game six, he turned into kind of like a point guard the first, you know, right. instead of, you know, everybody thought he's going to come out and put his head down and like he does in those kind of must win back against the wall situations in the past where he just, you know, goes and gets you 40, 45 and is just a monster right. with that aggressiveness and his demeanor. And um, he didn't have that. It's almost like that quote, you know, when he had that press conference after game five and he said, I have confidence because I'm the best player in the world. I think that was a little bit of his insecurity coming through saying, listen, I know I can't do this. I know we're not going to win. But I'm just reminding everybody that I'm the best player in the world. Um, which, I mean, I don't think that was the smartest thing to do. He took a lot of heat for Yeah, that. he took a lot of heat. I mean, one, here's a few ways to look at it. Was it a dumb comment? Yeah, probably. Was he wrong? No. no I mean, yeah. everybody knows he's right and he's the best player in the world. But at the same time, in that situation, I don't know if you make a comment like that. You know, how about saying something like, you know, I'm confident because, you know, I think we got a team that can, you know, everybody knows that would be blown, blown smoke, you know, by the media too. But... I just think that comment spoke a little bit of his kind of guard up a little bit again, saying, hey, you know, after the game five, he was like, you know what, I don't think we got a chance to do this, so I'm going to remind everybody how good I am and whatnot. So, you know, and I, what, what is that a result of? I think that's a result of him at 15 and 16 years old kind of getting his butt kissed, you know, <laughs> right? throughout, you know, the years. He The thing with LeBron is he's never been an underdog, you know, Um and when you're an underdog, you got a little bit different mentality. You know, you got something to prove. Kobe Bryant was an underdog. Michael Jordan was an underdog. I know Michael Jordan was great, but he was a third pick in the draft. Right. Didn't have the shoulder, you know, the expectations that that, that LeBron has had. Um, so, you know, you're, you're wired differently. I think that's part of it. I think it's part of it's just just what they have inside of them. I don't know if LeBron's kind of that competitive, you know, will to win kind of guy. Um, as extreme as those guys, you know. Um, but having your butt kiss in your since you were 15 and 16 years old. You know, that'll show through a little bit, and I think it does at certain times with him. Yeah, absolutely. The, at the end of that series, a lot of people took um, – that's the right word. Did Iguodala deserve that, that MVP? Well, I mean, here, here. Who's the MVP of the series? You know, how do you look at MVP? Do you look at, you know, the most important player in the series, the most valuable player in the series, the most outstanding player in the series? You know, I mean, I think if that goes to a Game 7, LeBron gets it no matter what, you know, win, lose, or draw. Um I mean, we all know he was the best player in the series, you know, but I also agree with what his comment was a few days before that was he doesn't want a, an individual award. I thought that would have been kind of awkward, you know? Oh, yeah. If you don't win, sure. I don't think you deserve the MVP. That's just all there is to it in a team sport like that. Well, I would have, when, th that has happened, but it's been a long time. Jerry right? West, yes. Was it Jerry West? Was it West? Yes, Jerry West, long, um, I want to say 60s or 70s. Um, the series went seven. They lost, but he ended up getting MVP because he was clearly the, the best player in the series. But in, in speaking to your point, E, about Iguodala, um, I think he did deserve it because he kind of changed the series, you know. Um, he had a big, big game four, you know, um, scoring 25. And 
Um, Steph was great too. You know, Steph was great. I think you could have given it, but but it, it's kind of telling that there were 11 votes and Le, uh, LeBron got four and Iguodala got seven. Steph got none. I thought that was a little odd. Yeah, right? right. I thought he deserved yeah. a little bit more. I, mean, I thought it would have been closer than that. Um, but you know, Iguodala. I mean, you got to go out there and do what he did, which is you know guard LeBron for that long. You know, over a six game series like that. Um, and, and kind of control him as much as you can. And then on the offensive end, uh, to do what he did, um, yeah, I think he was deserving, no doubt about it. I have a, I have a little bit different take. Uh, you had mentioned uh, LeBron's comment about being the best in the world. Um, my my uh, my take on it is that LeBron's no dummy, right? He knew he was the bad guy in this in this series. He knew he was the villain. So why not play it up a little bit? Why not play the part? He's in this movie coming out. Train. Uh, what, no, what movie is it? He's got coming out with. Uh, do you see? Do you, is, is that why he went to Miami? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. For those two weeks. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Yeah, he he's in a movie. Uh, um, I want to say it's Trainwreck. I think, but I, I don't know for sure. Um, somebody's gonna beat me up on Twitter for getting that wrong. But he, he's probably playing the role. And and you know, you ever see like two fighters? You know, they build the, they build the fight. They they trash talk. Um, I think I think maybe he was just building some hype, hoping to get more ratings. Everybody gets a little big, pe- uh, a little bit bigger piece of the pie down the road. Who knows? The, if, my my take on the series. While, while we let Sammy, you know, do his thing. LeBron, the way you look at that whole series, LeBron did everything he could. Like Sammy said, thirty-eight, fourteen, and twelve, th- forty, twenty. 18 and 15. And then you look when it came down to it, Iman Shumpert shriveled up. Delavadova, the first game or two, shriveled up. These guys just, when it came down to, when it was tied, what was it? Was it two? No, it was two. Two to one Cleveland. Two to one Cleveland, right? And then it just like everybody just came and it just, like the court just got tighter and tighter. And tighter and tighter. Cream rose at the top, and the cream was only LeBron on the Kings. Yeah, and that was it. The, the Warriors had more weapons. Role players turned back into role players. What you're saying? Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that's the NBA. Ninety-eight percent of players in the NBA. Delavadova can't create his right. own shot. I mean, there's a stat through the six games in the series when LeBron was off the court. The Cavs had five baskets through six yeah. games when LeBron was off the court. That's terrible. Right. So, I mean, realistically, no, they didn't have a shot. They had a shot. Because you want to say they they didn't not have a shot because they had LeBron, you know. Yeah. And you saw right. how the first three games went, how they took a two to one lead, and how he controlled pace, controlled tempo. But the percentages are going to show it through, at, you know, of six and seven games, and, and they certainly did. And, and the Warriors were the better team. I mean, it's just it wasn't like it was like game seven it was four to three. The Warriors won four to two. You win games, you get win in six games in the finals. You're clearly the better team. Yeah. You know, and if it goes seven, it's a you know you can. But I mean, that's a six game wrap up that was on Cleveland's home court. You know, know. that just goes to show you right there. So. I know, and, and like I said, Dave, I was texting Sammy during that game, and I'm like, what's going on with LeBron? I kept texting him back, and, we're, and I'm like, he doesn't look right. Like, he was going to the basket, and he was, wasn't finishing, and, and it was like, he, like Sammy said, it wasn't like you give up. he was giving up, but I forgot that what you, you took. You know, he didn't go down fighting. No. Think, you know, it was just like he kind of just laid down. And, yeah. And, and I, it's hard to say he laid down because I don't know what is it, 33, you know, 14, yeah. whatever, you know. But that's just because he's so big and strong. He, and he, he just knew that. He, but he knew who he knew who, who, he, who he had on his side, who he was going up against. Right, and he knows that was a, a, a ridiculously tall task. But, I, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just part of his makeup. You know, if you look back at his 12 years in the league and look at all his accolades and everything about him, you know, great player, great person, 
you know, superstar this, that, and the way he plays, obviously, he's so cerebral and he's highly respected and stuff. But if there is a one knock on the guy, it's that. He's had two or three instances where when the going gets tough, you know, it's almost like a front runner's mentality. I don't want to call him totally a front runner because he's won before and he's, you know, the load and burden that he carries is significant. Right. Um, but he has a little bit of that in him, and he and he showed it. It shows through in times of of adversity. Um, you know, in Miami, that first year it was you know rock bottom for him after they lost to the Mavs. But he had Dwayne Wade to lean on. You know, he had Chris Bosh to lean on, and the biggest of them all, he had Pat Riley to lean on. Right. You know? So, and it's got to be frustration. I mean, here's a guy putting everything he can into a game. And he's just not getting the support. You're frustrated, and you can't you can't not that's show why, that. That's when yeah. when he came out and said that, like Sammy said, when he came out in that press conference, he knew it. So he had to tell everybody he's the best player in the world. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't say that if he knows he's going to win the series. <laughs> no, frustration no. for sure. I, that's so a good so way, going way to put it. forward, um, let's start with Blatt. Looks like he's coming back. Looks like it. I mean, from all signs point to yes. But here's what my take on it. I mean, I I thought that. It's obviously all up to LeBron, but he's not—he's not at the point right now in his career where he's going to come out and say, "I want." You know, he's just not going to do that. Right. His—you know—his image has taken enough of a hit in past years, and he's went through that media circus to do that. Um, is he going to do it indirectly behind the scenes? Who knows? Um, it, originally, I thought he'd be gone, and I thought kind of like Tyrone Lue would would step in, or uh, Mark Jackson was getting looks, or they mentioned Jeff Van Gundy. You know, you heard Calipari's Those are big name. Names, man. Yeah. Um, but my take on it is now he's obviously staying, but. I think now the first sign of adversity next year, that first media circus you get, you know, a la Miami in the first year when, you know, when LeBron James walks to the bench and bumps Eric Spolstra and the media turns it into that he wants Spolstra out. One of those type situations. I'm not saying he's going to bump David Black, but I'm just saying one of those media circus type situations where the Cavs lose three out of four, just whatever. You hear some stuff about the locker room, whatever the case may be, that might be when you see David Blatt out yeah and somebody in that's my take on it clearly all signs point to he's coming back next year because you know i mean could lebron obviously come out and put an end to this one way or the other say i don't want him or i want him yes he could but obviously he's not doing that i i think he likes to to be have the power like to step on that's that's definitely another way to, windhorse said that too that's definitely another way to look at you it can he, tell he, he likes to have he kind of controls the situation in a sense. But I also yeah. think that he's smart enough to realize that, you know, there was an article that came out where Broussard said that he thinks, you know, they have a better chance of winning a championship with a guy like Jeff Van Gundy or Mark Jackson, you know, a more proven uh, NBA coach. So who knows? You know, who knows who really says what and what he really wants or yeah. means? No, you know what don't. I mean? Yeah. We don't. Um, but f- from an outside perspective, I think you, you know, you feel bad for the guy in a sense. I thought he handled everything this year. For a first-year guy, first year in the league, everything that he's had to – had to control, you know, what that comes along with LeBron, especially LeBron coming back to Cleveland, that whole circus. Right. Um, I thought he did a heck of a job, to be honest with you. I mean, you could tell he's a pro. You can tell he's a, he's been, you know, he's he's been in the situations before where he knows how to, his press conferences are good. Mm-hmm. Early on in the year, I think he was a little shaky, but I think he's good uh, the second half of the season. Um, it's... I mean, LeBron runs that organization. He, yeah, absolutely. He, you know, he moves. He, the, LeBron, yeah. LeBron moves the moves the needle. You know, that's all there yeah. is to it in Cleveland and in the NBA. That's just is how it goes, and um, it's probably tough for Blatt to deal with. You know, but I thought he did a good job, and I guess we'll see what happens next year. But I, I do think that there's a chance he's. What do you you know? What do you do? You get a, you get a Van Gundy in there to coach this to coach this team. 
there's going to be headbutts because they're going to want to do two different things. You got to have a guy in there that. That's that, why Tibbs would like we were saying. Yeah. They, they wouldn't. Tibbs wouldn't. LeBron wouldn't. I don't think no. those two wouldn't. I think they'd clash after after a while. I'm not saying in the beginning, but I don't think. Well, I think that the things that Tibbs would struggle with is you know you can't play Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, and Kevin Love 43 minutes a night. Because one, LeBron's, LeBron's going to decide when he goes in and out, just like all those stars do. And two, you're not going to be able to tell him when. Like, he could tell Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's on his rookie contract. Right. Tom Thibodeau could tell Jimmy Butler whether he wants to go in or not. All those You guys. saw later on at the end of the year, he wasn't telling Derrick Rose or Joe Kim Noah when to go in or not. Those guys were deciding for themselves when they should be playing or not. Yeah. That's a veteran. But Jimmy Butler's obviously got a different mentality, and he's in his rookie contract. So, But you're not coming right. in and telling LeBron James that – you're going to play 43 minutes. You're going to play 44 minutes in the regular season. There's times when he does, yeah, but there's also times where LeBron's like, I'm on a 35-minute limit tonight, you know, right. win or lose. Right. Look at Greg Popovich with the Spurs. He's a oh, he's a master, all right? I mean, he's resting guys. I mean, he's, he rested himself once two years ago. He didn't even travel with the team, <laughs> know. you know? Oh, yeah. So um, he's a master at it and, it, and it. I think it helps. I mean, these, that's such a long season. You, yeah, you played it. You, I mean, They're not worried about a, no. a November, December matchup that's on ESPN because it's on ESPN. You know, I mean, they don't care. They don't care. A back to back no. against. They them. don't care. No, I don't care if it's the Lakers and Miami Heat back to back for LeBron. He doesn't care. And why would you? Right. Why would you? you know, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. So um, CBS Sports has a really cool article: um, Top 40 NBA uh, free agents. I wanted to maybe throw a couple names at you and see what you think. Uh, so I, I don't. We didn't rehearse this, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But uh, there's a couple that that come up. Uh, Tim Duncan. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen with this guy? I think he stays. Yeah, right? he's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, but the thing about the thing about that is, I think he's old. I know, no, he is old. I think they do though. Well, Aldridge is supposedly going. Yeah, I mean to the Lakers, Spurs, but he's going to make trips. I think they need to. The Spurs start need to start looking at getting younger. They have to, Sammy. Right? No, I agree. I mean, I, well, first to answer your question, Dave, I don't think he's going anywhere. I cool. mean, that's just. I mean, Tim Duncan without a Spurs uniform on. Come on, it's, no, like, it's, it's, it's just crazy. weird. Yeah. It's just weird to think about. You know, <laughs> you just can't picture that. Um, and he's so close with Pop. You know, Pop runs the runs the show there, so he ain't going anywhere. Right. Um, yeah. Do they need to get younger? Absolutely. I mean, I think Kawhi Leonard's an emerging star. I don't think he's an emerging superstar. You know, I mean, he's. Kawhi Leonard will never be the first or second option on a, on a, on a big-time championship team. That's just, you know, he's a perfect role for them, you know, the year they year they won it and went to back-to-back finals. Um, they do need to get younger. I, I saw Boris Diaw on, on the block, too, um, um, you know, getting looked at by other teams. The thing with Pop is they're, they're, he's going to reload. He's going to be right there because they're so cerebral. They're so smart. You know, they got Hall of Famers. He runs a great system. He holds those guys accountable, and they buy in, you know. When you got guys like – as long as Tim Duncan's around and Tony Parker's around and Manu Ginobili's around and they're buying into Popovich, everybody that's that that's behind him is going to follow suit, you know. Right. So that's almost more important sometimes than getting players is having everybody, you know, buy in. And he's only going to get guys that, that buy in, you know. Diaw came over, bought in. Marco Bellinelli – came from Chicago, bought in. You know, those are great kind of role players that, that Popovich fits into a system that are very productive at key points. Look at Patty Mills. Yeah. What would Patty Mills do on other teams, you know? Would he have that much of an impact? I'm not right. saying he'd go out and score 15, 20 points, but when he comes in the game for Popovich, I mean, he knows his role and yep. he performs yeah. it to a T. Doesn't make mistakes, you know? His impact in a Spurs uniform is probably far greater than it would be 
you know, in another uniform, and that's because of Greg Popovich. Absolutely. I mean, and I think th- that's a great point you bring up is, is that veteran leadership and them buying in. I mean, look what happened with Tressman. You know, you have you. you kinda, We're really swinging that. No, no, but I mean, when like, you got color as your leader, that's trouble. That's yeah, his, but, I don't hey, care who's no, coaching. Hold on, but, hey, hold on. No, no, that's his guy. Yeah, Cutler's my guy. Color, <laughs> I mean, no, but, color is what he is, man. <laughs> Me and Adam Johns, we both were both Cutler guys. Yeah. Right? We, we <laughs> <laughs> no, um, uh, but but that that says a lot. You know, you you can get any coach in there, but if 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 your if your veterans aren't buying in or your team leaders aren't buying in, everybody behind them is is done you know you, you might as well just stick a fork in it that's huge nobody talks about that it's, it's true i mean and especially referring to, to football too i mean the quarterback in all of sports quarterback position is the most important position in sports there's no doubt yeah. about that and if you have a quarterback that's not a leader he doesn't have to be the best quarterback he doesn't have to be the best arm doesn't have to be the most talented doesn't have to throw the most touchdowns but if he's not your best leader if you don't have like a Ray Lewis or somebody like that, yeah. then you're probably in trouble. Uh-oh. You know? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Who else you got on that list? Uh, there's a couple. Uh, Tyson Chandler, I thought was interesting. I, Coming from the Mavericks, I'm here in Milwaukee for him. Maybe. Um, I mean, I think he's a good piece to 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 to, to you know, a, a top four you know playoff team. I um, like him. Yeah, he, another guy, dirty work guy, does his job. Can't I mean can't score no. or anything like that. He can you know get some offensive rebounds. Grab a lob, but defensively his presence there. And then you know what? What 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 is more valuable than probably all that is he's won a championship before. You know, right? So that locker room presence right there, um, you think is very valuable. You think he could slide into the Clippers if DeAndre Jordan leaves? Yeah, I think he can. Um, I like the the Clippers Lance Stevenson pickup a lot. He's a wild card, I don't like him, but I love man. it. You know why? Because that's that's the one spot Such here. A dog. No, he is, but but here's the thing with with Lance Stevenson. I think one, he's obviously super talented, but here's the thing with him: when he was on Indiana and he had some, you know, he played well those last two years. Yeah, no, yeah, he did, he did. He but did. that's because he was the third option on the team, you know, or fourth option. Now he gets a big contract, goes to Charlotte, and he's got some expectations. Well, speaking to your point about those Cavs players, role players not showing through. That's kind of the situation he was in. He's a role player, Lance Stevenson. He yeah. can't be a one or two no. option. Now, going back to the Clippers, I think he's got two things going for him. One, he's got Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are the two two stars. So he'll never have to be the, one of those two guys. He'll never have to put up numbers to compare to those two guys. So he'll never have to carry that load. Next thing he's got going for him is Dak Rivers. If there's a coach in the league or a handful of coaches in the league that could do well with a guy like that, I think he's one of them. Because he obviously can only be coached by certain guys. He's got to be coached a certain way because he's... His mind is not always where it's supposed to be. Um, so if there's a guy and a leader, Chris Paul, that yeah. can control a guy like that, right? it's him. You know, So I think he fits well. He fits a need for him. I don't think Barnes provided anything for him offensively, but I think he's tough. He's physical. He's a big guard. I think he can help them as a third or fourth option. All right. Is he going to be the, the difference in them winning a championship or not? I don't know. Yet to be determined. Could it could also go the opposite way. Anytime you got a player like Lance Stevenson, it can go the opposite way. But I think it's a good gamble for them because they lost Matt Barnes and they lost. Um, uh, well, they're going to lose DeAndre. It looks like. Yeah, but because of that trade, they lost. Yeah. They oh, lost. I, Bar- I mean, who they, Barnes and somebody else? I forgot who it was. Yeah, um, I don't remember. But it wasn't. It, it, it it's a, it's a plus for the Clippers. I think personally, yeah. I think you know. Who? Uh, anybody else on that list? Uh, D Wade. He's not going anywhere. 
No, right? He's 33. Who's it's not really a big market for him. Yeah. I mean, Clippers, the first name you they heard was They got to pay him then. Yeah. The first name you heard from, from about Wade was the Clippers because I think he'd be a good fit there, veteran. Yeah. They need, they need that wing spot filled, a bigger guard, you know? But he's, I mean, he wants to get paid, like you said. He, he gave up money for, for LeBron to come back that year. And LeBron left, so he wants his money back. Yeah, right. <laughs> he gave up about $20 million, so indeservedly so. You know, he wants his money back. He knows this is probably his last big contract he's going to get, so he's like, you know what, I want to get paid. So he's trying to use some leverage, but I don't know, man. Sometimes you're messing with the wrong guy, and Pat Riley ain't the guy to mess with. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you know? no, no, but no. Miami, Dwayne Wade is Miami. Miami is Dwayne Wade, you know. So Absolutely. I don't think he's going anywhere when it all comes down to it. You're listening to Chalks and Dogs. We are chilling at our little spot. Uh, go to scorescores.com. That's with a K, S-K-O-R-E. Yes, $2 Tuesday. You call it Wednesday, half pizzas. They also have bottle service and three-hour open bar. Bracelet parties available. Great venue to host events. When booking mentioned that they heard hosting events on your podcast, we will give them $50 off. So if you mention us on anytime you go to scores, mention us, guys. You get $50 off uh, a nice little party. Right, Dave? Yeah, yeah, and um, <laughs> what's uh, House Legend Fast Eddie? Who's Fast Eddie? H- hook me up with this. I don't know who Fa- Fast. Fast yeah. Eddie's gonna be at Scores on July twenty fifth, signing and mixing all of his hits. That's he a- must be a DJ, right? And that's after our bash. House DJ, yeah, right? Yeah, that's after us. Fast Eddie. So Fast Eddie should go before us. I yeah. think. We right? We're the we're the we're the big timers. Oh, he's gonna be singing, singing and mixing all of his hits. Nice. So yeah. Go to Scores, guys. They got great food again. Um, you can look up scoresclub.com with a K. Uh, like I said, just go up there, grab a drink, watch a game, watch the UFC, uh, pizza, everything, wings, grab some food. We are sitting here with Sammy Maniscalco in studio talking at NBA. Sam, at Sam Maniscalco on Twitter, right? Yep. Great got it. great Twitter guy. Played at Bradley, Illinois. So let's get it, keep on going. Uh, Jimmy Butler with the Bulls. They offered him, what, five for 90? 90 plus, yeah. And it looks like he canceled or postponed his trips. Usually he's, he's probably, like you said earlier, he's just looking for what he wants to do less years to, because the cap's going to go up to, it looks like maybe what, like 20 mil? It's going to be up, go up bigger. Yeah, I think in two years it's going up to, I mean, in the, f- the next handful of years it's going to be up in above 100, 115, 120, okay. I think. So, it looks like he's coming back, right? So, do the Bulls have any? They can't make any moves, right? No, but I like the roster. They I know we've talked no, about man. this, but it comes down to what we talked about, man. I mean, the Cavs are the favorites in the East, and the Bulls are the, the they right, know. Now, right there. That's how it's been what? LeBron's the favorite in the East, and the Bulls are right behind him. That's been the right. case for since, what, 2009? They got to get a guy 2010. Then. They gotta have, get someone. They can't stand Pat. No, but I, like right. you said, I don't know. They don't have. They don't have room to make moves. You know. I it mean, no one wants Noah. I don't want. No. Why would you? He's got no. Uh, this is last year. Yeah, Expiring contract. Why would you? I'm he's, saying, who wants? He's got Noah? no no ankles. He's going downhill from here. I know he's on his down. I know he's on his down. I mean, Portis. T. Uh, Taj. Taj is. He can't even catch the ball. Hey, no, Taj is a backup. I like Taj. I like Taj, Taj too. Out of this. <laughs> well, here's the thing with Taj Gibson. You know, a lot of people the last few years wanted Taj Gibson to be that four-man starting forward. No. You know, we can get rid of Noah. We can get rid of Noah. We can get rid of Noah. Man, listen, there's there's ro- there's reserves in the NBA and there's starters, you know. And by that, I mean minutes. 
reserves play and can be effective for a certain amount of minutes. Todd Gibson, you get him over 25, 30 minutes a game, he's going to start getting exposed, foul trouble, break. You know, just like you said, he just stuff starts happening where he's not as effective and as productive. Those guys are backups for a reason. You know, C.J. Watson a few years ago, everybody loved him, and he was a great backup you know, role player yes, to back up Derrick Rose. But then you see what happened in the playoffs. He had to play more minutes because Rose got hurt. And, you know, those guys get exposed in, when they're in starting. You know, they're playing against starters and not not reserves. I like Taj. I think he's very productive. He's tough. He's physical. He can score. Um, plays his tail off. Um, but as a backup and as a role player, you know, I don't think he's a starter. I don't think he's a guy that you put in there and started the four spot. And He makes a lot of dumb mistakes, too. But he had one of the, my favorite dunks ever, I think. Over D-Wade? Oh, yeah, that was nasty. <laughs> that was nasty. It was. I just, every time he gets, I just, as I mean, a guard, it makes me so mad. Every time he gets the ball, he puts it on the on the deck. And then he sometimes he just can't handle the you ball. You don't like guys like that on your team? No. <laughs> I don't. He plays hard. He does play hard. He, fu- he, I, he fit I'm a good a, need. I'm such a big Bulls fan, and it's kind of getting me fu- really pissed that they're right there. And, and just listening to what I've been hearing, like, whatever, like you say, Sam, it's rumors. But Cleveland couldn't even believe they got past the Bulls this year with all their guys that were out. Like, they were, like, stunned. Yeah, I mean. Like, we did it again. We beat those guys again. Like, like LeBron, like I, I got past oh. them with these guys. Well, I'm, I'm yeah, hearing I mean, that says more about the Bulls than it does, obviously. Yeah. What you're saying, yeah. I mean, I thought like I, I talked about it at the beginning of the year. This they year. had. Em. I thought it was. Here's the, here's the deal. At the beginning of the year, when when you know LeBron went back to Cleveland, Love was there, Kyrie, the whole shebang. I, I thought this was still, with all that being said, Cavs reached their potential. I thought it was still was the Bulls' chance to get LeBron this year. It was their window because first year coming together. Um, you know, a lot of unknowns. Kevin Love, how he's going to fit. Kyrie Irving, how he's going to, you know, play second fiddle to LeBron. David Blatt. You know, you had all that stuff there. Um, you know, h- how is that going to going to play out? You know, the Bulls are primed, getting Gasol to, you know, get Cleveland this year, get LeBron. It was their window, but you know, they let it slip through, and um, they're going to listen. They're going to be really competitive the next few years. I really believe that. I think Hoiberg helps. I think it comes down to, you know, like we talked about before, Rose and Butler. How do they mesh? You know, you heard a lot of – seen a lot of articles come out about that fourth quarter in that last game when Rose kind of kind of took a step back and said, all right, all right, Jimmy, go ahead. Go do this in an indirect way. See what – you know, you're, you're supposed to be the superstar. Now let's go see you carry this us to a win, you know. So if you don't think there's friction there between Jimmy Butler – between Butler last year becoming an emerging star, becoming a top 15 player in the league – and Derrick Rose, you know, trying to get back to the level he was at, you know, being a former MVP. Man, there was a lot of friction there. I mean, you could see it. You could feel it. It, it was there. And then throwing the whole Thibodeau situation and whatnot. A lot of stuff went down with the Bulls, I think, that 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 crept into their mental focus and in their their culture that Thibodeau created the pe- previous three years kind of was gone, I think. Um, and they needed to be a different team, and they weren't, weren't capable of it. Game four still eats at me. Up. 12 right where they up 10 with 13 minutes to go so they're up 10 with third yeah in the in the third they had one minute left in the third quarter and they couldn't close it out to go up 3-1 on them like that's what i'm saying they it just stuns me that they can't get past that so now they weren't good enough and i think they were this year well, if they were they would have won that's how it works in the nba <laughs> i know if the Cavs play, were good enough shots, to win the championship know, they would have won i know i agree i'm just this is the year though that i was Stunned that they couldn't do it. Yeah, I'm, everybody as, as was. a fan, like just watching the game. 
Well, you just figured their experience would show through and Cleveland's lack of because obviously the only guy with experience on the Cavs really was LeBron as far as, you know, this deep in, in, the, in the playoffs. You know, obviously James Jones and Mike Miller, but they didn't. James Jones actually played well that series. But, um, yeah, you think, you know, with the Bulls' experience and the grind and the, and the heartbreak they kind of went through the previous few years, you know, losing to LeBron in Miami. Um, so but I tell you what, man, let's, that Thibodeau, that, that, that thing ran its course and that thing was – Gone. They quit on him. I'm sorry, yeah. but they quit on him. <clears throat> I think they, so. They, I think they, they did too. They didn't buy into him like they did the previous few years. I think a lot. And don't get, don't, don't deny or look away from the fact that Pau Gasol had something to do with that. Not in the sense of that he's a dog by any means, because Gasol's a great player. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, I don't a, think he wanted to play. He's for a winner. Him. But don't, don't think that that Pau Gasol's. I do not want. I'm not using the word lazy because he's not lazy. I mean, he's an NBA player. He's a Hall of Famer. Those guys are not lazy. But his kind of. Non physical slash rubbed off on the team, rubbed off on some of the guys. You can tell. Oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I heard from somebody close to the situation that when Gasol was coming to the Bulls, that you heard, listen, if, if Tom Thibodeau thinks Paul Gasol is going to practice this year, then, you know, he's out of his mind because that's a 12 or 10 year veteran that's won two championships. He's going to do what he wants to do. If he doesn't want to practice, you know, three straight days, or doesn't want to practice the day after a game, he ain't going to practice. These guys probably look. And you know what? Then, then Jimmy Butler looks. Yeah. Joe Kim Noah looks. And sees it. Tony Snell looks, and they see, wow, this guy's sitting out to practice. Why am I doing all this stuff? You know, I'm gonna. My attitude's going to be a little different now. And it's natural. It's That's true. a trick so true. Yeah. I mean, he's all famer. Paul Gasol's great. I mean, he's he's so he's true. Huge. I oh, mean, yeah. as far as for their team and what they accomplished this year, he was a major part of it. Oh, without him, and they didn't yeah. have a chance without him. Forget about. But don't it. don't think that that doesn't rub off on your teammates, especially when you got a hard-nosed coach like Thibodeau who's been beating those guys down for four years, you know? <laughs> and this guy comes in, European guy, you know, and like I said, I'm not taking anything away from him because he's great, and he's he's his accolades are, are second to none. But his attitude is different than right. a Kobe Bryant. Than a, you know what I mean? It's just, it's just it is what it is. And, and it, I don't think that sat well with Thibodeau. You know, Thibodeau can't really say anything because he's a proven superstar, Paul Gasol. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you can't come out in the media and say, well, Gasol is not practicing. You know, he's rubbing off because then you're then you're in big trouble, you know? Right, absolutely. Then the media yeah, turns it into something it's not. You. But that, that that trust me, man, that, that rubs off. It really does. How about this one? How about this quote? I, Did you I hear just, about this? What? This is, com- this is just coming in. Uh, Scotty Pippen compares himself to LeBron James. Did you hear about this? I saw that. Yeah, that's you know what that is. I haven't got my name in the media in a few weeks, so I'm gonna get my name in the media. And I'm, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna attach it to LeBron James, so it's gonna be everywhere. He's pissed. He's like, I was LeBron before LeBron James. He goes, uh, I'm no slouch, but when comparing LeBron's game, I'm usually left out. You know, he can't take it. I think what he's trying to say um, is from a basketball skill standpoint. You know, because Pippen, if you look at Pippen, I mean. Pippen guarded all five positions, you know. Right. He's a whatever eight, nine time, you know, uh, first team all defense. Um, you know, people talk about Jordan being one of the greatest defenders ever. Pippen, I mean, Pippen guarded John Stockton, Pippen guarded Magic Johnson, Pippen would guard fours. <clears throat> so I think when you when you look at LeBron and what he does on the basketball court, as far as guarding five positions, being versatile, size, you know, passing the ball and stuff like that. He probably sees a little bit more of himself than so, um, uh, you know, than comparing LeBron to Michael Jordan. But 
Pippen couldn't carry a team like LeBron. No, I mean, there's no comparison. No, there's actual no on. actual comparison. <laughs> no, so there, that's two things. That's one, that part of it. He's saying, you know, he's probably more similar to me than he is Jordan. And I also want some attention. I want my name attached to LeBron James. So I'm going to put myself in the media. <laughs> but, I mean, he's he's, Pippen was great. Pippen, I mean, he, is, he was second MVP that year Jordan was, was out, awesome. and he is, he's incredible. He's, yeah. And But at, at the level LeBron's at, no. I mean, come on. We're, you're, you're comparing <laughs> yeah. apples and oranges there. There's, there's another report coming out. Uh, LeBron wants Mike Dunleavy. Yeah, we, we I, I mentioned that to Sammy yeah. earlier. I The reason I see it, like I was telling Sam, is – you look at like Mike, Mike, what Mike Miller did. I don't know, four, five, three, four, five in years Miami. Ago. Yeah, Miami. Right. It's a couple, three right. years ago, four right. years ago, and Dunleavy's bigger. Dunleavy can sh- Dunleavy can shoot. You put him on a wing, and LeBron's getting the attention. Mike Dunleavy's stroking the ball. Yeah, and he, I think the other thing he likes about him is is he he's plays not, the game the right way. Yeah. you know, he's cerebral. Guards a doesn't little make bit. mistakes. Plays his tail off. Yeah. You know. Um, and like you said, I mean, he's going to get some pretty ridiculous. I mean, he's going to get some pretty, you know, open looks. LeBron sees that kind of stuff, you know, like, hey, you get a guy like this with me, I'm going to get him open looks. He's like you said, he's a bigger guy, so he can guard some of LeBron's matchups for a few quarters, you know, take some pressure off of him there defensively. Um, does that maybe mean J.R. Smith's leaving? You know, who knows what that means? But I think, you know, you think he wants him there? What Jr. Yeah, absolutely. He wants. I mean, him? he's a weapon. JR. Yeah, he's a bit. Yeah, he. he I can, mean, listen, he can win you some games. Absolutely. I mean, By look himself. what he did in the you know yeah. the Hawks no, series. Yeah, you yeah. Know? What about now, Char- now, here's here's the thing with Jr. Smith though. He's, back to your point. He you know he's a role player. He's a spot minute, not a spot minute guy, but he, he's he's a reserve 30, that is that, that is an expert at doing one thing, and that's shooting. You know, he can rebound a little bit. He can defend some bigger guys for periods of time, but you can't count on Jr. Smith to to create his own shot or create for other teammates or whatnot. You know, but he's he. He serves a role on a, on a good team. Yes, absolutely. Shumpert? Yeah, I think LeBron loves him. I think he loves him because defensively. If you could see E's face right now, he just boots. Yeah, yeah, here's the thing. Face palmed. Well, the guy can guard. He, oh, and you need guys like that. 110%. Listen, when I say LeBron loves him, LeBron doesn't love him as the second or third option like he was in the finals when he had to dribble through three guys no, to try to make a no, play. I know. You know? He doesn't love him as that. So... But does he like him as maybe Back the up. sixth or seventh guy yeah. off, you know, him, him, yeah, man, so. six or seven coming in for 25 minutes or 30 minutes and literally playing his tail off? See, the thing with Trumpet is he can guard point guards. So who's the two? Well, yeah. ideally, I yeah. think you, you start Shumpert or you start you start J.R. Smith, however they want to do that. I thought it would be the other way around. You know, I thought J.R. Smith would be a starter and well, Shumpert would come off the bench. But he did it that way. You know, no, actually, he started J.R. Smith and brought Shumpert off the bench. I thought it would be the other way around, how they were in New York. Yeah. Um, then you th- like you talk about Dunleavy, but here's I think he likes I think he likes Shumpert a lot just because of the fact, like I said, I mean he guards, he takes yeah. pressure off of Kyrie defensively. You know what I mean? Plays hard, he's athletic, he can make an open shot or two. Um, and when I say, like I said, when I say he likes him, it's not as I'm gonna throw you the ball, go create something, and get me 17 to 20 a, game, a night. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes him as a as a role player on a yeah. on a championship team which they have championship aspirations you know in a much less i mean listen if kevin love Kyrie irving are, are healthy throughout the year those guys all fit back into their regular roles jr smith goes into his regular role uh tristan thompson goes into his regular role i mean shumper goes into his regular role you know what i mean so having those two guys out put a lot more pressure on those other guys 
Are, are we disrespecting Golden State by not even bringing them up in the conversation? Yes. That, I know. We're getting we're, we're in some big Cleveland talk right now. No, you know what I mean? No, I agree. Like, I'm thinking in my head. Here, like, here we are. We're, we, we, you know, and, and I think this is like because we're in the Midwest and, you know, obviously LeBron and we're, you know, Bulls guys. and But you still got to beat Golden State, right? Is there any? I mean, they're I, all coming back. They're all coming back, yeah, right? All of them. I, I think um, if you go into next year with a healthy full Cavs team, I think they're clear favorites. I think yeah. Golden State's right there as well, obviously. So Golden State was just at the right place at the right time. Then. Well, yeah, listen, when you win an NBA championship, here's the thing with Golden State. They're great. Don't get me wrong. You know, I heard some rumblings of them being, you know, called one of the greatest teams in the top 10 or last 10 to 15 years. That's that's ridiculous. I'm sorry, but that's that's absurd. I mean, you want to look at the last five or six championships. You got the Spurs last year. You got those two Heat teams. You got yeah. the Mavs. You got Kobe Bryant and Gasol's Lakers. You got the Celtics with with Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, you know, and Paul Pierce. They don't beat any of those teams in a seven-game series. And to be honest no. with you, I don't think they beat the Cavs with the healthy Cavs team either this past year. You yeah. know, yeah. you add even Kyrie Irving in that series, I think Cavs win. So you're saying they stole one? What? No, no. You can never say an NBA championship stole one. Right. They absolutely 100% deserved it, but they caught a few breaks along the way, absolutely. which sometimes you have to do. They they avoided two teams in the West that I think could have beat them and maybe would have beat them. Spurs would have beat them. Spurs is one of them, and yep. the Clippers is the other team that could have given them a run for their money. But the Spurs, I think, are a team that could have beat them. Would they have beat them? Who knows? There's a lot of coulda, woulda, shoulda. But those are two teams they avoided in the West that, that you know, I mean, New Orleans, that was a cakewalk. Right. Memphis had no chance of beating them, and then the Western Conference Finals was, I, yeah. I my question is, and they caught. Is, listen, they, and look at who they played in the championship. Now they played LeBron, <laughs> but they caught a pretty depleted Cavs team in the Cavs team in the championship. Oh, yeah. You know, so but I'm not taking any anything away no. from them. But let's not put them in a category where they're one of the. And people want to do that because because of two reasons. One, they won 67 games in the regular season in the Western <clears> Conference, which is that's that's a heck of a feat. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a great accomplishment, and they won I think eighty what is it eighty three games total, which only a few teams mm-hmm. ninety six ninety seven Bulls have done, and one other team has done, and they have Steve Kerr as their coach, who was a part of that, you know ninety six ninety seven. Yeah. So a lot of storylines there you can throw in that media loves to you know stir up. Sure, but when it comes down to the nitty gritty, comparing them as one of the you know the better teams of the last decade, no, I would not put them in that category at all. I think the only team that the Spurs would have lost to is the Clippers. And they got him. You, you, the Spurs this year. Oh right. No, I, 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 I would probably agree whole, with you. Out of that there. whole West, you know? that couldn't have been the worst. That could have been the worst matchup yeah. for them. No, and I think athletically. Worst, and, and here's what I think too regarding the Spurs. I think if the Spurs get to the finals last year. LeBron, even with a healthy team, they don't. LeBron doesn't no. beat the Spurs. He just they they got I, that guy. I told they, my, they know I how know. to guard him. They don't, you know. Oh boy, do they? When Chris, <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh yeah. When Chris Paul hit true. that shot, he doesn't trust me. LeBron, he's admitted it. He's come out and admitted it. He that, wants that no part Spur, of this. Popovich None. got that guy. Yeah. Now, can you shut him down? No, but he, they know how to guard him and play his percentages. They make him shoot eighteen to twenty foot contested jump shots. <laughs> and they they happen to have the guy that over oh. twelve years in the NBA has guarded him the best out of anybody, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, Kawhi Leonard. Which matches matches up with him physically. Matches up with him on the perimeter. He's got great hands, great feet. He's athletic. He's long, you know. <laughs> Iguodala, but throw Iguodala in that category now. Yeah, Iguodala. Because yeah. he's oh, yeah. there's Guard. three guys that have guarded him the best, I think, and Jimmy Butler's up there too. But those two guys, Iguodala and and, and it's tough to say, you know, Iguodala guarded him so well. One, he did. Two, he held LeBron to 38 and 40, so that's not exactly, you know. But at the same time, he frustrated him. You know, he made LeBron play with his back to the basket, so he guarded him just about as well as anybody I've seen. Yes. A lot of credit to him. Yeah, yeah, he's, God, 
I think I think when you look back at this in five years, I mean, we can talk about it now, but I think in five years, nobody's going to remember that Cleveland was hurt, and it's just going to be, it's just going to be. Um, they beat LeBron. Yeah, no. I think at the end deservedly of the so, yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. You won an NBA championship, you deserve it. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into some uh, NBA draft talk. Listening to Chalks and Dogs. Let's welcome in Shay Pepler. Shay, what's going on? Hey guys, how are you? Good. How are you? You're with uh, Dave I'm... and uh, Sammy Maniscalco is in studio with us today. Hey guys, what's going on? Not much. Thanks for joining the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, well, let's get into um, since you covered uh, the draft. Can you give us a little insight on Bobby Portis at all that the Bulls took? I actually saw him today. He was having uh, some fried chicken outside of Wishbone right by my work. That sounds so. <laughs> um, that sounds so good. That we saw him send a few years ago. He's a very good kid, quiet. Um, he's awesome. He's actually represented by one of my coworkers' brothers. So I, I've met him a couple times. Played at Arkansas. I actually thought he was going to be the one that knocked off Kentucky this year when they were undefeated. I called it. Arkansas is going to be the one to beat him. I was way off. Um, but one of the best players in the SEC, which I know wasn't such a strong conference, but still, when you have Kentucky in your conference, and even Florida sometimes, you still have to compete with the big boys. So he's going to be a great asset to the Bulls. He can defend, he can shoot from the perimeter, so he's, he's a great addition to the Bulls team. And, and I would agree, Shay. This is this is Sam. Um, I, I like Sam. the pick, I like the pick by them. Um, <laughs> I think he fits a need for them with his mobility, his motor, and you know his physical attributes, uh-huh. like you said. Um, how do you f- see him playing out this year with Hoiberg and his system, and, and where do you see him slotted in in minutes and, and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I don't know because I don't think any of us know what we're going to get with Hoiberg. You know, he's never coached at this level. He's obviously an NBA-minded guy, but he's been so successful at Iowa State, and obviously I've covered him very closely the past couple of years. He's a great coach and even better person. He's really a guy's guy, you know, really a coach's player, a player's coach, rather. But I don't, I don't really know what he's going to do with this Bulls team. We don't even know what pieces we're going to have. Obviously, we saw today that Jimmy Butler is likely coming back. I mean, we don't even know what we're going to get. Now, D. Wade might be a free agent. I mean, let's not, he's from the city. Like he, You don't know what you're going to have in this Bulls team. So I don't know how Bobby Portis is going to fit into the system, but I, I do know that he's a, a fantastic basketball player, and he's going to be a great asset no matter where he fits in. I, I think he's going to just be a guy off the bench, to be quite honest. But who knows? I, I don't know what Wayward's going to do with this team. All right, we're talking with Shea Pepler, at Shea Pepler on Twitter, uh, college football. A-E, not E-A. Let's remember that. That's right, A-E. So, see, I have a niece Shea, get all over him, Shay. Get all over him. Don't be, don't be A-E, shy. A-E, not E-A. That's this right. That's right. <laughs> um, so you can you can catch her. Uh, she's a reporter, Campus Insiders, 120 Sports. Um, quick question for you when it comes to the draft. How would you grade the Bulls draft overall? Um... I would give it an A. I would give it an A. I and mean, this is the thing with the draft, it, both football and basketball, because I cover the NFL draft as well. You don't know how these guys are going to be at the next level. It's the same thing when you have kids coming from college, to, or from high school to college, rather. You don't know always how they're going to perform at the next level. Sometimes you take guys that go in the fifth round of the NFL draft that end up being on Super Bowl teams. It, it just it depends on your team. It depends on your coach. And unfortunately for the Bulls, we have a coach that we don't know how he's going to coach at this level. We don't even know what our team is going to look like right now, quite frankly. We don't even know if D. Rose is going to stay healthy all season, for God's sake. So I just think it's hard to evaluate draft picks right now. I think we got to see how this team meshes together, how the coach fits into the system. You know what I'm saying? So it's hard to evaluate right now. However, as I said, 
I love Bobby Portis. I think he's an unbelievable talent. I think he's going to be great on this team. I just don't know how we can evaluate a team as a whole right now. Hey, Shay, um, looking at uh, pick number seven, Justice Winslow goes to Miami. Uh-huh. Goes to Miami. Was that? I'm sorry. He went. Hold t- on now. Pick he, number seven. He went is ten. He went. T- he went ten. Right. Yeah. So was that was that the that was a test that was a test question was that was that the was that the steal of the draft? Uh, why are you a big Duke fan? Is that what you're saying this to me? No, no, no. I I, I think I just think he's a real long wing. He can really play. Um, Pat Riley needed someone like that. I just think him dropping to them, I think, was a steal. I'm just. That's that's just my opinion. Well, I was trying to see what you thought. I think the Knicks helped everybody out by taking Porzingis at four. I mean, I, I didn't really understand that pick at all. And then you've got another, you know, overseas guy that comes in at five to the Heat or to the Magic rather. So I think it was kind of all shaken up in there too. And Frank Kaminsky, like I, I think he's a fantastic talent, but for him to go nine to the Hornets was surprising to me. So the whole, to be honest, first round after about six, six three to the seventy sixes with Ogilvy was a crap shoot. So I like Justice Winslow a lot. I was at the Final Four. I covered him very closely. Again, yeah, he's he's a great basketball player, and you're right, the Heat need a little lift there. But the Heat, we don't even know what the Heat's going to look like next year. Like I just said, D-Wade just opted out, and he's going to be a free agent. So it's, you don't know what you're going to have on that Heat team anymore. I uh I don't know I don't know if I if I would even want D Wade in Chicago. I mean I like D Wade. I, I like D Wade. It is Stop. You wouldn't <laughs> want him in Chicago. I, I don't think I would either. I don't know. I think Who are you kidding? I like to talk tough, but boy would I get a D Wade jersey right away. Are you kidding me? Um you would be yeah, first in line. We all would be. Come on. <laughs> I gotta I gotta ask you, Shay, have you ever seen a reaction like the New York fans? Uh, after no, that first that draft was pick. hilarious. Wasn't I it mean, great? But we knew it was coming. I, I literally was following my Twitter timeline so closely. I'm like, they're going to do it. They're going to take four fingers. I know they're going to do it. It's going to go zing. They were calling him zing, zing, next. Second they did it. I mean, the tweets were hysterical. I would have done the same thing as some of the next fans. You still have <laughs> all these talented players. Can, I mean, Coley Stein, come on now. You have all these guys still on the board. Even Moutier, who played overseas, if he was on that SMU team, which is the team that he agreed to play for before he went overseas, Manuel Moutier, uh, Coach Coach Larry Round said that they would have been a Final Four contender. He's a fantastic talent. So if I was a Knicks fan, I would have been doing the exact same thing. It was hilarious, especially because the draft was there in Brooklyn. It was great. Can we Let's switch some gears. Um, college football, Ohio State. Uh-huh. Who's quarterback? Uh-huh. Who's quarterback in that team? Um, if Coach Urban Meyer is the smart man that I think he is, uh, I would start Cardale Jones. How do you not start the guy that won the national championship? I'm with you. you. I, I don't understand the thought process. And on top of that, I mean, J.T. Barrett, no way. There's no shot he's the starter. No. But Braxton Miller, we don't even know if he's going to be 100. percent So why would you even risk that? I think it's without a doubt Cardale Jones. Um, I'll actually be at Big Ten Media Days at the end of July. I thought. I'm sure he's going to address it. I'm sure he's going to say it's still an open-ended competition. But um, I'm going to guess it's Cardale Jones. And, and it should be, rightfully so. How bugged would you be if you're Cardale Jones and you just won everything for Ohio State, literally just took them game to game to game, and then you're not the starter? Get out of here. I agree. I agree. And he, he threw that out because uh, this is Dave, by the way. Um uh, because because I'm a big Ohio State fan and, and I was I was bragging that the Buckeyes were favored to win every game by 12 points this this season so 
Um, oh gosh, you're one of those. Yeah, of course. Buckeye fans, I tell you. <laughs> I know we're the worst. We're the worst. We got uh, the worst. He, he picked. He picked everybody in his Ohio State his basketball bracket. Who'd you have? Maroon, you have Ohio a, State. I always go with my heart. Yeah, it's terrible. Hey, if my team doesn't win, that's I don't okay. deserve I any money. I have Indiana. I'm the same way. I always go with my heart. And I think that's why I have, but it's not a hatred, but a little love-hate relationship with Ohio State. I rooted for them because they're big fans, but I did not think they were going to win in the way they did. I didn't. I thought that was going to be the one team in that Final Four playoff that was going to be the first one out, and boy, was I wrong. <laughs> Shay, switching gears here one more time. <laughs> I'm putting my foot in mouth. <laughs> Switching gears here one more time over to college hoops now. Um, uh-huh. Big Ten basketball, uh, Illini. What's your thoughts on them this upcoming year? What's your thoughts on John Gross? Gross. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> it's my thought. Um, Gross has confused me. This was a team that had a lot of talent that just fell flat. And, and if they're close in games, then they just get completely annihilated in games. I can't really figure it out. And to me, actually, it reminded me a little bit of my Hoosiers of Indiana because I couldn't quite get a grip on what, on what he's trying to do. I can't figure it out because he seems to have a lot of talent, but he can't execute that talent. And at Illinois, it's not like there's kids that don't want to play for him. So I like I liked John Gross as a coach. I just think he's struggling mightily as of late. And when you have talent on your roster and you can't turn that into W's, it's a bad situation. I think he's got one more year. I think if they're not dancing this year, he's out. You can't keep him in. You have to be in the tournament. You have to be relevant, especially when football's not doing anything. This team's got to be relevant. So I think if this year they aren't dancing, he's gone. I would agree. Um, and I think he might not be the only one that's gone. But and, I think And, sorry to interrupt you, and I think he won't be dancing because the Big Ten is going to be loaded this year. They're, they are stacked with talent. And, I mean, Maryland, Purdue, Indiana, I mean, there is no way. Michigan State, Michigan's going to be a lot better. They have the point guard returning. There's, it's going to be very hard for this Illinois team to keep up and stay up, and I think this is the year that John Gross is back. Absolutely. With uh, at Shea Pepler uh, on Twitter, um, I just gotta. I just gotta say too. Um, there's this. Uh, the report is that Calipari's uh, sticking around. He's not going to Sacramento. Were you surprised at all? Of course, no. He turned on a Lakers job. He turned on a Cleveland Cavaliers job where he could have LeBron James playing for him. You think he's going to go to the Kings? No. The second that report came out, I'm like, I don't care if you make him president of Sacramento. He's not going. No way. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you on that. I, I, the thing about Calipari is, <clears throat> why would he? leave what he's got going on right now in Kentucky. I mean, look what if he's got. You, going. Yeah, I keep on. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I'm just, I, I don't, th- why would you leave that? Like for what? To, why? To, yeah. To, totally. do, to do what? He to go has to the, developed a system in itself, this one and done theory that we all kind of snarked at in the beginning, thought he was crazy, thought he wasn't a good in-game coach, thought he, all he could do is recruit. He proved everyone wrong this season. I know they didn't do the end of the thing like he wanted to, but the man can coach, the man can recruit, he can really do it all. And in Kentucky and Lexington, he is the king of the world. Their facilities alone are state-of-the-art. He's got the best talent coming in. What more could you ask for? So unless you're going to a loaded Lakers team, a loaded Bulls team, a loaded Knicks team, even when they are the Knicks that we, we might like to know, he's not going to go to the Sacramento Kings. There's no way he would be Lexington. I honestly can't even think of a perfect scenario for him to leave. Like, I, I, I don't even know what team it would take or what players the only player i could think that would have done is lebron james and we saw him turn down that job 
So I, I, I don't think he's leaving my Shay, thanks for coming on, talking to uh, to me, uh, Dave and Sam. Um, you can catch her at Shay Pepler with an E, right, Shay? Yeah, A-E, A-E, Shay, thanks for taking some time tonight with us. Uh, check her out on Campus no. Insiders and 120 Sports. Where else can we catch you? Um, Campus Insiders, 120 Sports, that's my main job. That's where I work normally every single day. So those are my two places that I'm at. We're also, we broadcast the FNY out in New York and a bunch of different blogs. And I do radio shows all throughout um, college football season and whatnot. So I feel like I'm all over the place. But thanks for having me on, guys. It was a lot of fun. Tell, tell Matt Agnaroni to, uh, I don't know, do something to him, would you? <laughs> To do something. <laughs> I will. I'll tell right. him. Maybe give me some monster. Yeah, that's <laughs> some right. Monster right? <laughs> no, no, no Red Bull from him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All no right, Shay. Appreciate it. See you later, guys. All right, bye. Well, there you have it. That was huge. That's a huge guest right yeah, there. Yeah, she knew her stuff. That was good stuff. Yeah, she's, she's good smart. stuff. There's no doubt. I checked out her Twitter before she came on, and uh, yeah, there's no doubt she knows her stuff. I, mean, I agree with her. Um, I said her Illinois. I, I said Winslow seven. It was not my thing. I agree with her Illinois uh, um, synopsis, and I agree with her Ohio State football. You know, Urban Myers. If there's anybody to figure that situation out, yeah. you know, regarding quarterback, who to play. That's tough. Um, and like she said, how do you not go with a guy that's fresh off of a, off of a you know NCAA championship with that kind of confidence level going forward? Yeah, you but know? but Braxton had no, a Braxton's good a stud. Goal. I, I mean, mean, Braxton is. It, Health is the only question there, I think. You know, well, and that's the thing. It's like you lose your job to injury. I mean, it sucks, but I mean, it happened to Drew Bledsoe. You know what I mean? If you talk about guys losing their jobs, and to knowing that guy though, he'll find a way to get you know to use at least two of them. You know what I mean? Effectively. What I don't understand is if you're if you're you you played at the college level, so I, I should have brought this up to you. But like for a guy like Braxton, who you're obviously not going to get all the snaps regular season if you even start. Why wouldn't you transfer? You'd think he, you know what I mean? Why wouldn't you go somewhere else? I, I don't know. Maybe a comfort level he's got, you know, a trust in Urban Meyer. You know, you know he's probably very well liked, you know, in Columbus. Who? Braxton. Yeah, but how do you not start Cartel Jones? She's right. Well, yeah, but he's saying, you know, if you're Braxton Miller and you see, you know, the writing on the wall next year, how do you not oh, transfer? Yeah. You know, coming off an injury, there's probably a lot of different Dude, factors there. Who he's knows? Gonna, he's going to play. I think he's going to play, too. I mean, there's no way he's going to sit on the bench the whole year playing. and play. He's a pro. They're, you know, they're, they're both going to play. Yeah, That's, I agree that there's 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 no way that Urban Meyer is not going to use at least two of them effectively. The the, yeah. the, the Cardell and Braxton Miller are both going to play. They're both going to be used effectively in, in some, you know, That's good coach. Yeah, Sammy, you played for you played for less and uh, good coaches will find a way to make it work. Yeah, you know? and here's the other thing too, though. C- coaches don't play players. Players play players earn their minutes players earn their time you know so i'm sure there's going to be a competitive battle for those two they both proven what they can do so you know what i mean that there's not that they're not unproven to urban like, Meyer. but you know what sometimes guys you know get injured confidence waivers a guy coming off an ncaa championship you know that might a coach's dream is for them to decide who's playing you right, know what i mean right now that's not saying that he's not going to try to use them both to their strengths and and use them effectively for you know their their team to be great but don't be surprised if, you know, there's a comment by him that says that, you know, one of them beat the other one out or one of them clearly, you know, rose to the top yeah. or the other one, you know, Th- that situation can handle itself in a sense, you know, because I, there's I've, college kids, they're not pros they're college kids that are competing to, 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 to be, 
you know, the starting quarterback on the best team in the country. You well, know? And, and just the thought of platooning quarterbacks, I've never seen it work. You can't. You got. You it's got tough. A, you got a cadence. You know, it's tough. But th- th- it's it's like th- I don't know if this analogy will kind of sort of because you can't do it in in football. But it's like having two point guards in basketball. You're you're. Uh, I know it's tough, Sam. I know the look, but you're gonna find a way to get them both on the on the court. But you can't do it. I know what you it, can't it's do. It's easier it. in basketball. I think, it is because you you got. A lot of guys play two pointers just figured, two ball handlers. But you know? Urban Meyer will figure it out system wise. I'm saying, even if he has to run, what to, to get Braxton? Because Braxton Miller, he ain't sitting. How many games they play? Uh, they play 14, 15, 16 dude, games, right around there. There's no way he's not dude, playing. I'm sorry, I think Cardell Jones is better. I think saw, it, how many games did you see him? It doesn't. He's just, he's bigger. He's got a bigger arm. I think he's he may not be he may not have the football intelligence that Braxton does, but and from from what I've seen, the athletic ability, I think you, the only thing is is they it was a dumbed down offense. He was running the ball a lot on draws and, and he's and got stuff, a cannon. But, yeah. You know. Not to get too into college football. I mean it's baseball season and basketball yeah. season it's just got done. Season. But baseball's yeah, still a season. Crazy. But is that what we call it? A season? <laughs> <laughs> but when when you when that kid came out, man, he was impressive from the get go for a, a freshman too. Yeah, he's a, well, he was a redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah. But so still. yeah, still. So he's a, now he's going to be what a sophomore. If I was him, I would have went pro. Yeah. Cardell. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I, but I think there's people. The, I think the reason there's he people talking to him, right? You, you well, yeah, absolutely. You got, I mean, you he's, got people telling him yeah, where he's, he's going to go. He's not making a decision by himself, but. I think what he might have been worried about was the substance as far as he only had a what a few games under his belt. Yeah, he you yeah. know? I mean <laughs> Yeah, you want an NCAA championship. How many games did he play? I think three. Was it the last three? Yeah. Last two, whatever. Yeah. He was great, you know, don't get me wrong. But he obviously somebody told him that listen, NFL execs, those guys make a lot of money for a reason. Um, That's, someone, so someone they, they somebody told him, listen, they're not gonna you know judge you on three games. Yeah, yeah. You need more substance. You need more on your resume to to earn your keep in the NFL. Now, now I listen. Those guys know what they're doing. They he's getting advised by the right people. But definitely, I was. It's a tough well, one, man. You know the thing for me that I was surprised that Shea kind of wrote off JT Barrett who. Carried the team. <laughs> I mean, at all. Braxton goes down in what game one, game two it was early on, and then JT comes in and carries him. But enough about Ohio State. I digress. Jesus. <laughs> no, I know. Are <laughs> uh, you listening to Chocks and Dogs? Uh, ScoresPizza.com. Go to Scores with a K. Tuesday, $2 you call. It's guys Wednesday, half pizza, half off pizza. Guys, they have a deal every night. Great food. Awesome food. Great food. Awesome food. For, that's what I was telling Dave. It's The food's excellent. If you, even if you want to have a couple beers after a game or whatever, go there and have a couple beers. Bartenders are always usually pretty good looking. Yeah, Legendary House DJ Fast Eddie is going to be there. We'll uh, be there July 25th. Yeah, he's going to be there on the 25th. He'll be he'll be playing there. Um, and this is cool. And, and Ian and I were talking about this. I'm a Sox fan, so this this perked my interest right away. Uh, they, Sox? They, yeah, scores do an outing to U.S. Cellular. Uh, you, Sox? Watch, yeah. Yeah. What about him? <laughs> I didn't know they were still exactly. playing. What about him? Oh, God. I see. I'm getting my balls busted here. I'm trying to do a plug for our sponsor, and I'm getting my Keep balls going, busted. Keep going, dude. Yeah, so you meet at Scores. You get on the party bus. Socks? Yes. <laughs> uh, fully stocked with beer. Uh, you get a ticket to the game, ride back to Scores, and you get to hang out with the Scores ladies for 60 nice. bucks. Nice. Adam so. Johns is coming on next. 
But let's get into some real quick some draft stuff. Sammy, do you have a sleeper or anything that you liked out of the draft real quick? Um, sleeper, uh, I like R.J. Hunter at 28 a lot to Boston. Yeah. Um, shooter, shoot, fits shoot, Brad, shoot, season, shoot Brad Stevens' ball. system well. Um, how much of a contributor is going to be? Because I don't know how good Boston is going to be, but I think he's a nice pick at 28. Um, I like Tyus Jones, too. Um, you know, he's at Minnesota. Um, but I thought the Bulls I, were going to grab him. Yeah, you know what? Interesting. I think the Bulls went with the right guy. Um, I texted him. I go, Tyus Jones is still I think it would have been a good pick, you know. Um, but after researching Portis and seeing what he's capable of, I like him a lot. Um, I liked the fact that you were throwing this up, like, behind the scenes when we were talking to Shea. You were like, what about that number two pick? Yeah, That's, hello. My, I mean, if, if I got to go with somebody that I think the best player in the draft, Ooh. and we talked about this, I think D'Angelo Russell is the best player in the draft. He's the, yeah, he's he's a poor, he, dude. He's a poor man. James uh, Harden. James Harden. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, and I thought going into the draft, too, I remember on draft on draft night a few hours before, I saw some stuff on Twitter about you know Lakers are seriously considering him, and I tweeted something out said the Lakers are dumb if they don't if yeah. they don't draft that guy number two. And what? Um, it, and Towns is obviously Towns is what you're you know they, everybody swears by him and loves him. He's great work ethic, great kid, great attitude, big, skilled, can step out and shoot now. I guess. Holy Stein, know. what's? What, what, I'm not a big fan. Um, here, here's the reason you why I'm not a big fan. Exactly. I mean, if you're drafting, listen. If you're draft, all you hear about Cauley Stein when you hear his name is defensive cornerstone, defensive this, defensive that. I mean, yeah. If he turns into Scottie Pippen or Dennis Rodman or somebody like that, you know, great. But at the number six pick, drafting a guy solely based on his, you know, oh, he can guard all five positions. Well, listen, hold on a second, okay? He all guarded all five positions in college. All right, let's. Guarding all five positions in the NBA is a little bit different, all right? You're switching on to James Harden. You're switching on to LeBron. You're switching on to Derrick Rose. You know who he reminds me switching of? Switching on to Kobe Bryant, you know? You're not switching on to guys from LSU, you know what I'm saying? And that's no disrespect to him by any means because I think he's capable with his athleticism of being a great defender in the NBA. But no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not crazy about Tyson that pick. Ch- Tyson Chandler? Ask them two? Yeah, comparable. I think he's, he's comparable. Um yeah, he's comparable to that. But I'll tell you what, man. Tyson Chandler's had a heck of a career. He's made himself no, yeah. a lot of money. He's, he's an NBA champion. He's found his niche. So I think if if he becomes Tyson Chandler, he'll he'll take yeah. that, you know? He'll take Tyson Chandler. So. I still can't believe I said Winslow 7. No, that's – well, speaking of Winslow, though. Was, I'm telling you, I had it on there at 7. Great pick. It was a choke. It wasn't no choke. <laughs> Great pick, though. Beat Ohio State at 10. Punk guy. Great pick at 10. I know. NBA game, open court, lefty. Good pick. Yeah, yeah, it was a great pick. All right, well, let's switch big time gears. Talk some Bears with Adam Johns. Hey, I got it right two times in a row, Adam. How about that, dude? <laughs> very good, very good, sir. All right, well, yeah, you're sitting here. We're sitting here with you got Dave, and then Sammy Maniscalco is in studio. Uh, he's a shamrock, Adam. That's no good. How can you be sitting next to him? I, he's a Don. Dons and Shamrocks don't do well together. I right? know. Yeah. Maybe we can change that. <laughs> uh, Actually, nowadays, I guess they sort of do. I think everybody's teaming up to beat those Ramblers up north. Yeah. I'm in on that. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, well, uh, let's get into it right away with uh, Martellus Bennett. Came to camp. He talked. Can you give us a little bit of info on uh, what he had to say? Yeah, and if he wasn't there, he was going to get fined. Um, and this is still very volatile situation between the Bears and him. Martellus Bennett wants a new deal. The Bears aren't even going to talk about deals. They're not even speaking the same language right now. So uh, Martellus Bennett was at many camps because it was mandatory, and if he wasn't there, he was going to be fined $70,000. And this is a guy who already gave up $100,000 by skipping all the voluntary work. He said a lot of the right things when he met the media, but he also said some wrong things, you know, <laughs> 
volatile, wanting a, a new deal, this, this, and that, trying to better himself, which is kind of just uh, bad form when you got a new coach in town and you have two years left on your existing contract. Adam, let's talk a little Jay Cutler here. Um, you know, anytime you talk Bears the last few years, obviously Jay Cutler is, is, a, is a big conversation. Um, you know, multiple coaches the last few years. What's your opinion, synopsis, on Jay Cutler, John Fox, headed into the season? Um, I, I like the relationship that I guess that Adam Gase and Jay Cutler already have uh, from the get-go, and it's one that dates back uh, years to Jay Cutler's draft year. Adam Gase is doing a lot of research on him. He's with the, 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 the Detroit Lions, I believe. Don't quote me on that, but I believe that was the team Adam Gase was with at the time. And uh, they were doing uh, research on him, so he's very familiar with what Jay Cutler is and, and who he was, whether it's at Vanderbilt. He's seen his development throughout the course of his career, and he thinks he can work with him. Now, that said, we've heard this story before. Now, now right, fellas, we heard it with, with Mark Trustman. We heard it with Mike Mars. I told him just, just everybody who has worked with Jay Cutler has spoken glowingly about the guy and things tend to sour. So we'll see how this goes. I'll say this. This Bear staff is not tied to him where Mark Trashman was. So um, if they need to turn the page on Jay Cutler quickly here, um, they will do that if things don't work. Uh, talking with Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, at Adam Johns on Twitter. Uh, Adam, Eddie Royal. I thought this guy retired like years ago. He's still playing football, and uh, how's he looking? Uh, he looks young and spry. He looks like, uh, look, um, I know he kind of disappeared there for, for a while after a couple breakout years with the Denver Broncos. It took him a while to find a role with San Diego Chargers, and that role was as a slot receiver. And the Bears, for as good as Elshon Jeffrey was and for as good as Brandon Marshall was and how good they were together and having Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte, just a great collection of pass catches for Jay Cutler. Cutler did not have a true slot receiver. Eddie Royal is that. Whether or not that makes a big difference for Cutler, that remains to be seen. But it's a big part of Adam Gase's offense. Um, we, we saw what West Welker and others have done for, for the Denver Broncos. So we'll see if this clicks. But he, he looks young and spry there. Adam, um, looking at John Fox's system in Carolina and Denver, Adam Gase as well, they use a lot of running backs. Can Forte hold up going through the tackles? Are we looking at like maybe like a two back system, maybe three backs? Um, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, Fox calls it a, a wave. He wants a wave of running backs, which you know, across the NFL, if you like with Adrian Peterson or you know Marshawn Lynch, that's what you're going to do. But Matt Forte, with all this, you know, with all due respect to you know Jonathan Stewart or D'Angelo Williams down in Carolina, or Monte Ball um, in uh, Denver, Matt Forte is the best running back that John Fox has had, um, whether it's been in Carolina or, or Denver, for a variety of reasons, whether it's durability, productivity, um, having, being a pass catcher, being able to, to be there on third downs to protect the quarterback. Matt Forte can do it all. He's the best all-around running back any John Fox team has had. Um, Adam Gase thinks Matt Forte can carry the load. Now, whether or not it truly happens, that remains to be seen. The Bears did draft running back this year. They drafted running back last year, and they did time one for agency. So, obviously, they want to have some type of wave. And Matt Forte is kind of a fitness freak, so he doesn't want to leave the field. He's kind of betting on himself, too. There's a contract here. So, you, want, you know who you want to put up big numbers to get those big bucks, whether it's here or somewhere else. So, it's going to be interesting year for Matt Forte, but 
Um, yes, Fox wants to wave, and history says he, he'll, he'll try to get that. But, again, like I was saying, Matt Forte is the best running back he's ever had, really. All right, we got Adam Johns covers the Bears for the Sun Times. You can read him in the Sun Times. If you're a Bears fan, I mean, this is this is this is the guy you want to follow on Twitter. This is the guy you want to you want to look for in the Sun Times. Um, Adam, a lot a lot of a lot of uh, noise has been made about Kyle Long moving over to tackle. Um, being that you being that you cover the Bears, have you have you had a chance to talk with him or ask him? Do you, do you think he's cool with it, or is it a good move for him? Is it a good move for the team? You know, admittedly, he was kind of apprehensive at first. He got so good at guard, fellas, like like damn good at guard, a pro bowl guard. The guy can handle beats like Sue and Fairley from Detroit. You know, he's one of the best guards in the NFL. So, of course, he's going to be apprehensive about changing positions, especially with a guy with just limited playing time coming out of college. I mean, he's such a raw prospect at Oregon. That said, he's looked pretty darn good a left tackle or right tackle filling in for Bushrod or Jordan Mills. He's hanging with his own against Pernell McPhee, Sam Joe, Jared Allen. He's going up against some pretty good pass rushers in a new position in a difficult time, and he's holding his own. Guys, Kyle Long is the most athletic player on the Bears roster. I, I firmly believe that. He could do so many different things. I mean, this was a baseball player. You know, he, he was a former White Sox prospect, you know, with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, you know, for, for a big guy like that. I mean, you can talk about basketball. This guy is a freak athlete. He can handle all the things required by athletes at left or right tackle. I think it was just a matter of time before the Bears tested him out there. Um, it was convenient that Bushrod and Mills were injured. I think it's just a convenient excuse with convenient timing, really. Um, I think he was going to get a look here all along. And I think he looked okay. This really stinks to say this, Adam, but the defense, how is it looking? I mean, it's t- it's tough. It's tough to be in a Bears town and say that right now. Um, but these last couple of years, I, I mean, we just got to know the safeties, corners, linebackers moving to that fourth or that three four. Is there any chance that I mean they got to improve, like we said from last year? But are they looking yeah. any? Are they it's looking just, any better? They're gonna be coaches, both. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Let me just let me just say this: this Bears defense is gonna be like unlike anything you've ever seen the past decade or so from a Bears defense. You know, you get your prototypical 4-3, cover 2, let me say the Tampa 2 defense. This is radically different, fellas. I mean, there is pressure coming from different angles, different vantage points from in the middle, for, from blitzing linebackers, from, you know, outside linebackers to rotating defensive tackles. I mean, there was uh, a sign in minicamp, um, or at least there were a couple of repetitions, where there was only one defensive lineman with his hand in the dirt. Everybody else was standing. And all six or seven of those guys rushed the pass and really confused the offense. So this is going to be a radical change um, for Bears fans to see. We know how ugly and awful the last two years were under Mel Tucker. And look, a lot of players like Mel Tucker, but um, Vic Fangio is just a very creative defensive mind. What he's installing right now, look, I don't know if he's got all the the, the tools he needs there. Look, he had a very talented group of players in San Francisco. But just in terms of scheme, where guys are lining up, where they're attacking, um, how they're confusing offense, uh, confusing offenses, it's going to be drastically different than what you've seen from the past decade. That's that. I, I I hope so. It can't get much worse. So I'm looking forward to seeing something new. Uh, Adam, if if I could, I, you know, I, I I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, I want to switch gears a little bit. This is the first show we've had since the Hawks won the Stanley Cup. Uh, big news today, obviously breaking that uh, that Brandon Saad is gone. Um, 
Do you have any thoughts on what that means for the team? What what did they get anything? Do you know? I, you know, again, I know that you're not covering them necessarily, but I know you're a fan, and I'm interested in hearing what your thoughts are on that move. It, it looks a shocker to begin with because I think Brandon said said he wanted to stay here, and Stan Bowman came out and said that he would do it out if anything, um, and said it confidently that. You know, Brandon Saad would stay in Chicago, so of course just that shock value right away because we know how good he was in the playoffs, how good he was in the regular season, what his potential could be. I mean, he's the the second coming of Marion Hosta, in my opinion. He is that versatile, that strong in the puck, and he's young. He's 22 years old, but yeah. he was going to get paid. Um, I think that was the, the difference there for the Hawks is that Brandon Saad had a number in mind, his agent had a number in mind, that the Hawks just couldn't work with, do with their salary cap structure, especially with the increases in pay for Patrick Kane and Jonathan Tays. Um, it's a big loss. I, I try to compare it to what the Hawks lost in 2010, you know, when they went to that salary cap purge um, back then after the first cup. I mean, Dustin Bufflin, he was a special player loss. Christopher Stevens Prime was lost. Andrew Ladd, the, the captain of the Winnipeg Jets, right now. I mean, he, he was lost. But Brandon Saad his potential to be much better than all of them combined. This is a, an all-star player um, with all-star skills that you're, you're talking about here. So it's a big loss. Um, in, in terms of the prospects, uh, I know Blom is speaking very highly of Antimov, uh, if I'm saying it correctly, the, the center who used to be with the Rangers and had a couple, I guess, decent years for the Blue Jackets. Um, I think Marco Dano, is that how you say it? Dano? Dano. Um, Dano, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the young kid, right? I think he's 20 years old. Um, he had a pretty good rookie season. He, he was a former first-round pick, so um, you're high him. I think Jeremy Morin was just a throw in there. I remember Jeremy Morin wanted to leave the Hawks. So um, a little less to see. I mean, Bowman's going to sell it as it is, but um, I think he, he's kind of heard the benefit of, of the doubt here. He's rebuilt it twice, you know, from 2010 to the 2013 Cup Champions. You know, then he did it again in 2015. So, um, history says he could do this. He's very good at the numbers. At least he got something decent in return for a very promising player in Brandon's side. Great stuff. Hey, are they a dynasty? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh I know we yeah. get into semantic uh, debates over this because they haven't won them consecutively. But in this era of salary cap, uh, hell, really, look at them going through this with Brandon Sutton again. Absolutely. Three and six years? I mean, it's special. And, and very, very special. And they also went to the conference finals the year before. So let's. But they lost in the first round, right, Adam? Well, yeah, they had a couple bad years there where they lost the Coyotes and the Canucks in the first round um, between 2010 and 2013. But. Before they won the Cup in 2010, they went to the Western Conference Finals and lost to the Red Wings. Uh, they lost to the Kings a, a year ago. I mean, it's so hard to repeat in the NHL, especially when you lose half your roster for salary cap reasons and as you get banged up. Um, Hawks have a special core, and I think they deserve that special distinction of being called a dynasty, really. Awesome. All right. Well, one, one more quick one, then we're going to let you go. Bears, going to switch back. Do they get to 500 this year? Well, <laughs> John Fox's history says he can do it. He's had dramatic turnarounds, whether it's in Carolina his first year there. I think he had a five-game swing. Or in Denver, where he had, I think, a six- or seven-game swing. And don't quote me on it, but history says that that's what John Fox does. And that's one reason why Ted Phillips and George McCaskey and Ryan Pace all like John Fox. His history says he can turn these things around. 
it's, there's a lot of people down on this team across the league. I'm of the, the mindset that their talent level isn't as bad as some people think, that they do have the talent to be maybe a 7-9, 8-8 team. Look, the division is going to be tough. Green Bay is not going anywhere. Detroit is a team on the rise. We saw what they did last year. It's going to be tough. Teddy Bridgewater is coming to his own in, in Minnesota. So they're taking a lot of good coaching, but history says they can. I got them going 7-9 and nine right now, though. 7-9? Is that a, is that after you went to Peggy Kaczynski's golf outing? <laughs> there is only former bears there. Only former bears. There. I know. <laughs> I know. All right, man. Um, we'll see. Th- th- thanks for coming on, Adam. I, I I personally watching them. I know you're talking about the defense and everything. And you, I mean, as we talked, I'm not a big color guy. You are a little bit. You know, we talked. I just can't see them winning more than six, six and ten, somewhere around there. I just, right. I, I just, I just. There's too they, many. There's too many. A tough start to their schedule, but 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 I'll say this: like some of the teams that you thought could be very tough. Yeah. But when you looked at the schedule in their first, you look at San Francisco. Uh-huh. You kind of that as a loss right away, right? They're they're an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. Jim Harbaugh is gone. Vic Fangio is gone. Totally you agree. Know, Colin Kaepernick rumors out there again, so that game becomes up for bad. You know what yep. I'm saying? Yep. I just think they lose two to Green Bay, one to Minnesota, maybe two to the Lions, and he's playing music. He's playing the Bears music in the background right now. He's trying to get me off. And I just—they're <laughs> opening a slate of games is really rough. It's t- yeah, it's tough. We'll see. We'll see. You know what? You can't underestimate the unpredictability of the NFL. There's always like, look at New Orleans. Teams just sort of look promising, and then they really choke. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I just I'm a big Bears. I'm, I'm a big, <laughs> that was what the Bears last year looked promising, and then they really really choked. Yeah, no, and I just I just think there's too many holes, Adam, to fill in one year. Right. You know, I I just the defensively the corner like we talked about last time. Who look who you're going up against? Calvin Johnson. Yeah. Um, what who went to Minnesota? The the free agent that went to Minnesota that we were talking about last time. Uh. Or is it oh, from, Mike Wallace. Yeah, yeah Mike yeah, Wallace. Right? Mike yeah, Wallace. Mike Wallace. I mean, he's there. It's going to be tough. You know? It's, it's re, you got to really rely on what Fangio is doing, but like I think we've talked about it before. This isn't going to be a one-year fix. This is a two- or three-, four-year maybe rebuild for, for Ryan Pace. You know, and he's – I'll give him this. He's not, you know, saying he's going to win multiple championships like the general manager he replaced. He's at least being a little bit more – I don't know if modest is the right word, but he's selling this differently – He's talking about him having many, many holes. So at least, hey, you and the GM are, are on the same page in terms of how many holes this team has. <laughs> yeah. I am hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. All right, Adam, thanks for coming on. I always appreciate it. Adam, John's, Sun-Times, Comcast, Sportsnet, Chicago Tribune. Or, no, it's Sports Talk Live now. Chicago. I was going to say, I used to watch it when it was Chicago Tribune Live. Oh, well, they had Jigsy hosting. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, then they had, well, they used to have all the Tribune guys on, too, right? With uh, Hawk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They used to be the marquee sponsor of it. Yeah, so uh, you can catch Adam there. Catch him on Twitter. Um, Big Bears guy. Thanks, Adam, for coming on, bud. Appreciate it. Always fun, guys. Go Dons. Yeah, Sammy. Did you hear that? All right, see you, Adam. All right, well, yeah, that was some good Bears talk, huh? Good insight there, man. He's awesome. Is he on the team? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. That's good stuff, man. I'm interested to see what the, I mean. What do you you have him going? What do you guys have him going? I, you know what? I, I don't have him winning more than seven games. He, here's the thing. This is a team. Now, you have to think about this. This is a team going into last year 
we thought you know a deep playoff run. Who didn't think that going into last year? You you really right? think, okay. So, so this team isn't that much different. I think that you get the right coach, you run the right schemes, you you do something creative on defense. Color can't being, throw the ball more than twenty five times a game. Oh, sure he could. He's he got can, but yeah. it, but. Ten of them might be the other team. It might be. It might be. You you can't <laughs> no, have them. No, you can't have them throw. Them. I'm telling yeah, that's you. That's what I'm saying. Ten of them will be the other team. Yeah, the, the whether, 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 other, whether other team catches them or not. You Dave, know, I don't get know. off yeah. his high horse. Listen, dude. I mean, it, it's kind of like hey, a, hold on. It, the Bears is kind of like a Bulls situation in the sense where Aaron. I mean, as long as Aaron Rodgers is in this division, they're screwed. The Bulls ain't. I mean, the Bears ain't winning a no. Division. As long as LeBron James is in the in the Bulls division, the Bulls probably ain't winning. Who do you want, Cavalieri? Oh jeez, jeez! <laughs> I'm a Cutler's. I, I, I'm, I'm a big Bears fan. Always have been, and and I like I like Cutler's talent level. I like his. I like the guy. To be honest with you, I, I like him. Um, but he just he's, he is what he is. After how many years there was he hasn't won anything in seven years, six yeah. years. There's a reason. He hasn't won anything. I mean, he is what he is. You know, you can't expect no. He's he's, he's, he's he can't win. You know, you can't win with a guy with he's that average. kind of demeanor. That kind of attitude that woe is me type stuff you can't win like that you see how this works we're coming full circle it's all about leadership he's not a leader he's just not, he's not about it he he's might be a great it. player and he might be a really nice guy but there's no doubt the guy's not a leader no. Some are born how about kyle long dunking a basketball he said he's a big boy man oh my god those linemen Jesus. are i'll tell you what those linemen are athletic yeah their feet i mean their feet are quick Oh, that's yeah. a difference. Those guys yeah. move. I know yeah, they got no. the belly, a lot of them, and I know they. But those Their guys, foot speed is ridiculous. They're, in a yeah. box, those guys are quicker than anybody in a box. Dude, some of those, and that's what linemen. they play in a box. Yeah. You know? those guys are those guys are, are quick. Some they're, of those linemen are running like four six oh, forty. Big time yeah. athletes, man. It's ridiculous. Yeah, huge. Big time athletes. Huge athletes. All right, man. Anything else? Sam, thanks again for coming nice. on and, and coming to the studio. Awesome, yeah. Hanging, it. man. It's good stuff. July 25th. Great stuff. Mark today. it down. Yes. 5 p.m. scores. Sammy Maniscoco will be on his high horse at scores with us. Shay pa- oh, I forgot to ask Shay. Oh, we didn't get it on I, record. She's on, though. I know she's on. All right. We'll see. Well, she's probably pissed that I talked about Justin Winslow being seven. She's like, I ain't going, fuck. I ain't going on that yeah, show. This Who is this guy? I'm telling you, I looked at it. I you could look at the score, ESPN, all those guys make mistakes. My phone, my thing had, he was picked number seven. Hey, I don't know why that happened. Hey, Dan Bernstein has never made a mistake ever. I, I don't want to swear anymore on here. <laughs> Bernstein. He got, hey, he got. Bernstein's great. You like him? He's awesome. Stirs he, the pot, man. Oh, oh yeah, he does. Do. Yeah, he. Uh, he's knowledgeable. I mean, that guy's been around for no, a while. No, yeah, he got. He got. He got uh, I listen to Boris he, and Bernstein. Is whenever I'm in the car from one to six, they're on. No, Otto and Sylvie. I like, okay. I like, I like Boris and Bernstein the best. I think Bernstein's great. Bernstein, Bernstein went. He, uh, he's, he's he's like that devil's ad. Not. I mean, he you know he, he plays devil's advocate a lot. You know, everybody hates LeBron. He loves LeBron. Everybody, you know. Yeah. He just, you know, he's against popular opinion, which I think oh, yeah. is worth listening to. And I think a lot of the points and stuff he makes regarding no, you know, the topics, he's knowledgeable, man. He's he's right on. I'll tell you what, he fires the best me is up. when people guest call in. Oh, oh man, yeah. he gets them. Those yeah. guys are great together. I like yeah. him. I'm I'm a fan, big he, fan. He fires me up. The only thing, my only knock on him is he treats everybody like garbage that calls in. Every meathead that calls in, he treats them like Does, garbage. Yeah, I well, I listen to Wild and <laughs> I think it's funny. I think it's good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're all good. They're all good. It's classic. So, um, all right, man. Yeah, July twenty fifth. Yes. Scores live show. Be there. We're gonna be tweeting out a bunch of stuff. Look out for the flyers, cards. We got some shirts we're gonna give giving away. That's about it, man. Sammy, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. For D, I'm E. Peace.